0: Let us pray. We come in this morning, Lord, having felt the brush of rain and smelled the leaves returning to earth. Help us now as we sit in this quiet place to open our ears to your word so that we might fulfill your promise that we might taste and see that all is good and feed your, our spirits with your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's see. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all the others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I really love that, that video that we just watched, A Generous God uh, by The Bible Project, which is a couple of guys who are trying to animate the story of scripture. And uh, through it all, um, it might have gone really, really fast. <laughs> I'm sorry, so but you can find that video online if it interested you and you wanna go back to it. Uh, this past week, our office manager, Jan, emailed me with that video and I watched it and was impressed by it because it said all the things that we've been trying to say in the last couple of years about stewardship and about our response back to God for all that God has given us. And more broadly, it, it kind of just illustrates the message that we try to say again and again that the Bible is a unified story that points us to who God is. God who is good and trustworthy and has our best in mind, a God who is an almighty creator who makes us well and calls us good, a gracious redeemer that sees what needs fixing, both within us and in society around us, and attends to those things, and a powerful spirit who renews us and sustains us in every season. However, as I watched the video... Uh, a couple times, one thought came to mind, and it was this. That this is a scary God. I said it. You heard me right. This is a scary God. And I say scary because it's a God who sees us for all that we are and does not look away. God sees you in all your beauty and your brokenness. God sees you in all your faithfulness and fragmentation. The complexity of who you are. And and God knows and sees all the ways you might not have figured out. That you doubt sometimes. That you struggle to believe or to walk in step like Jesus. God sees all that you are. God does not look away, but moves toward you in love and in care. And this sort of love is scary because because it challenges the way that we see ourselves. God sees all the ways you look in the mirror and think, I am not enough. And God, this father and creator of all the world, says, I have made you wonderfully, beautifully well. All those ways you see how you've fallen short, all your failures, all the brokenness, perhaps the things which help you to lock yourself in a dungeon of shame. Or maybe you're blind to because of pride. Jesus, we believe, sees all those things and says that I have moved heaven and earth to show how deeply I love you. And there's nothing I wouldn't do to come find you when you run, and there's nothing I won't do to rescue you from the dungeon of your own filth. God, the Holy Spirit, sees all the resistance, perhaps, we have against God. All the hard-heartedness we feel all the false selves that we hide behind and persistently calls to us to open our hearts and be transformed in the love of Jesus. The Holy Spirit sees and is with us in the seasons of struggle and promises to see us through. This story of Scripture points us to a God who is good because of how generous He loves us. But our God is scary because of the great unknown potential that his love holds for our lives and for this world. And I believe that when we come in here to worship, we need sometimes to allow this message to wash over us like cleansing waves. Because it's been really hard lately And life's been beating us up. Or maybe we need to sit with this message and this good news because it challenges what we've previously learned about God. Wherever we are, I pray that you take this to heart. That God sees you and moves towards you with love. And if you're ever struggling or wrestling or doubting, I hope that you reach out to me, just speaking pastorally to each of you. Because after all, that's why I went to seminary, and I think the central part of my job is to be there and walk with you in those questions. And I put that caveat on it all, because I want to transition I want to transition to asking, what do we do with such wonderful knowledge of God's generous love for us? But I don't want that transition to be manipulative or for you to hear me saying, God has given you so much to just give, 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 give. Because <laughs> I think that can, has sometimes been a message in the church that's been co-opted for some harm. But for those who maybe have a solid foundation of God's love, or maybe in a point where God might be challenging you in this moment, I want you to think about how we respond and begin building on that foundation of love in our own specific, tangible way. And I want to first begin by asking you this. can you recall a moment in life where things went really, really well? Maybe you got a good grade on a test and were not expecting it. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe, maybe you got married, had a kid. Some wonderful moment. Hold that memory in your mind right now. What were you feeling? What were you doing? How were you acting? There's a great example that comes to mind for me, and it's from the movie Singing in the Rain. Have you, who's seen that? Who's seen that movie? It's a wonderful movie. It is an incredible feat of human motion and music, and if you've never seen it, I, I implore you to do so. Anyway, uh, and as I'm thinking about this, telling people to watch this movie, I'm, I'm feeling a little older, so to speak. <laughs> Gosh. Gosh. Um, and in this movie, there's this famous scene where Don Lockwood, the uh, played by Gene Kelly, um, shares a kiss with his newfound love on the stoop of her apartment while it's pouring rain, kind of like it's pouring rain right now. He drops her off after a long day of work and an incredible breakthrough that's going to change the movie industry. His life is going really well. And after sharing this kiss, Don turns, beaming with joy, and waves off the taxi that's waiting for him to take him home because he's going to take a nice little stroll in the rain. And he begins singing. right? Maybe you know it too. I'm singing in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. Does anybody know the next part? (laughs) I... Hey. Oh, you're starting. Well done. Well done. Bravo. Bravo. Ah. So, I never knew that's, that's the next line, and you sung it so well, but in case you didn't hear it, he says this. I'm laughing at the clouds, so dark up above. The sun's in my heart, and I'm ready for love. Even though it's dreary and rainy, like it is right now outside. And, it, and that can make us feel yucky, let's be honest. Right? We can chill to the core. It's not fun to go outside on a day like this, but you're here. Bravo. And, and nothing can ruin this guy's night because the sun is in his heart and he's ready for love. As the generous God video we watched described, sometimes living in the world can be some, something like living in a rainstorm. Where in the world, we learn to live with a gloomy mindset of scarcity and to pursue ways that that benefit us because we're putting our blinders on and just hoping to get through the storm. The storms and narratives of life can make us cold to the core. But the love of God that we spoke about earlier is a love that warms us from the inside and radiates out. It's a love that changes how we can see the world around us, a world where we can laugh at the cloudy days, and even if it's dark around us, we can feel good because God's love fills us and overflows. Fills us so that even if it's raining, we see a wonderful opportunity to dance like fools, (laughs) and nobody else can truly understand what's going on and why we're doing something. I can remember such a moment in my own life. It came during my senior, season, uh, senior year of high school, and I was like in this slump, cloudy kind of season of life. And I was applying for schools, but didn't think I could get into good schools because of the work that I had done. It was subpar, say the least. But one day, um, I got a call from the admissions office of Hope College, and the guy, I remember just like yesterday, and the guy said, uh, hey, I'm Matthew from Hope, Hope College. Is this Garrett? And I, and I said, yeah. And I was trembling with like, the fear of maybe this can be something good. <laughs> and Matthew said, I just want to let you know that you've been accepted to Hope. Congratulations. And I couldn't believe it. It was such a gift that I could not deserve. And vocally, I kept my cool, and I was like, oh, wow, that's wonderful. That's really great. And I'll, all the while, I'm like, yes. <laughs> And, and after that little spasm, whatever that was, while I was on the phone with this guy, like, tears came to my eyes. And they began running down my cheeks. And I remember internally, while I was still on this phone, I can't remember a thing I said to this guy after that, but I remember the vow that I made internally. I promised myself that this degree would not be just for my benefit. But I would do good work and work as hard as I could so that other people could benefit from my education and feel the way I did at that moment. As the video said, the grace of God propels a change of mindset, a change of heart, a change in our life that overflows into the lives of others. And I believe the grace of God is such a powerful force to compel that. It expands us, expands our mindset and the visions of our heart. And when something goes well, right, we want to shout it and we want to share it. And sometimes I think that in life we experience these intense moments of goodness and we're moved with joy, as the passage said, that we're moved with joy, for God loves a cheerful giver. And it compels this wonderful expression of goodness in the world that flows from us. But more often than not, we're not riding the high of life, right? More often in life, um, our, our sense of generosity and our expression of generosity has to be cultivated and is focused by a few things. And I want to uh, let you know about three things that I think a response of generosity and stewardship really looks like. The first is gratitude to God. The second is a, it's motivated by transformation in us. And third, it's, it's about showing others the goodness and love of God. So for all that has got, God has given to us, our first, one of the first ways is gratitude back to God. I mean, one of the first things that we do when we have, we have kids, I mean, I don't know, but I see parents doing it, is teaching them to say thank you, right? It's such an important thing to show gratitude and respect and honor and appreciation for the gift that someone has given. And in this way, for all that is God has given us, our whole lives should say back to God, thank you. Thank you. Second a motivation for a life of gratitude and generosity is about how it transforms us. Here at Linwood Reformed Church, we are, are striving to learn about Jesus and love him and follow him with all that we are. And as we follow him, we are challenged to live with such a generosity like him, that we come to face to face with the parts of ourselves that are greedy or self-serving, or entitled, or closed off. And the Holy Spirit challenges us to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, in our lives, in our mindfulness, so that we begin to have a life that takes shape like Jesus' own life. But lastly, the third motivating factor for this life of response, the value for it, is that it, it meets, truly meets the needs of others, and shows others in this world what God is like. As Christians, we bear the responsibility of being a living expression of God's love. The church has fallen short in a lot of ways, but we need to do what we can to rewrite that as individuals and as a community of faith. We must invest in truly getting to know people and truly getting to know the needs around us and only then can we truly be able to serve and show an expression of God's love as God invites us to. For me, these motivations defined how I stepped into college. It defined how hard I worked. It defined for me that I would study political science and history in order to get into a government service job. It shaped how I spent my time off when I lived in D.C., after working the day, I went to Habitat Humanity like meetings in order to figure out how I could help out my, my group that I was with serve in this city that we were in. It defined the eventual decision to quit playing football to focus more on school and healthy friendships. And I say all this, I say all of this to suggest that there's no one prescribed way to live and to show generosity. Living generously is tailored to who we are, who, how God has created us, and the ways in which God has tailored us to dream up the ways in which we share good things with others. As the passage says we're not supposed to give back out of obligation or compulsion, but joyfully. And so I ask you, What sort of self-offering brings you joy? What is the way you wish to show generosity in life? How does God's generosity shape your thinking as you approach your work every day? How does it affect the way you step into school and work toward a degree? How does it affect the volunteer opportunities that you participate in? Does it affect the way in which you budget your finances? How does this change the way you live your day-to-day? And as you reflect on this for you right now, know that it also might change at some point. When I was in high school, it it meant getting a degree for the benefit of other people. But for me, over the past couple of years, One thing that I've been focusing on and and really working on is is what generosity means and how I'm growing in generosity um, when thinking about my finances and tithing here. And so I pray that as you reflect on God's generosity for you and what that means in your own life, I pray that, that it is something that changes you and allows God's goodness to flow through you out into the world. I pray that it brings you joy and I pray that God blesses you and the works of your gratitude. Let's pray. Lord, you see the world's deepest needs. And you see us and you have gifted us and have given us your love and we pray that your Holy Spirit creates in us an imagination of how we can use what we have and all that we are to serve this world with love. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.